Welcome to 2022, Season 4 of The Chronicles of She. Sit back, relax, grab your mug of Hennessy and tea, and let's get down to sipping, spilling, and slaying. What's good, everybody? Welcome! Welcome to Season 4. I'm so happy to be here with you guys, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's going to be a great season. I'm happy to be here with you guys. I got my mug. I got my Hennessy. I got my tea spilling. Most of all, I got you guys to talk all this ish. <sighs> but 2022 has not been met with some with some challenges. We have lost two great stars. The beloved golden girl, Betty White, has passed away. As well as TV dad bob saget so we are going to be discussing him right now and betty the full house actor died sunday at the age of 65 in an orlando florida area hotel the district nine medical examiner office announced an autopsy was performed on monday morning and while the final results may take up to three months initial findings showed no evidence of drug use or foul play has been found the cause of manner and death are pending further studies and investigation which may take up to 10 to 12 weeks to complete joshua stephanie chief medical examiner for orange and oscalio county said in the monday statement our condolences go out to mr saget's loved ones during this difficult time stephanie said saget was found dead in his room at the ritz carlton orlando grand lakes according to the orange county sheriff's office the sheriff's office also found no evidence of foul play or drug use. He was in the midst of a comedy tour entitled I Don't Do Negative with three scheduled stops in Florida. His tour was slated to go through June. His final Instagram post shared Sunday showed himself smiling on the stage after his Jacksonville show. I had no idea I did a two hour set tonight. I'm back in comedy like I was when I was 26, he wrote in his caption. I guess I'm finding my new voice and loving every moment of it. Saget was the jack of all trades in his lengthy career in which he was known as a warm-hearted TV dad, wisecracking host, director, and stage star who wowed Broadway and comedy audiences alike according to his website. Saget, who was born in Philadelphia and raised in Norfolk, Virginia, began making Super 8 films as a teen. His family moved to Los Angeles and he started doing stand-up at 17. After college, he got a break from performing on The Merv Griffin Show and landed his first film role in Full Moon High in 1981. He was perhaps best known for playing widowed father Danny Tanner on Full House, which ran from 1987 to 1995. He reprised the role on Fuller House beginning in 2016. He also hosted America's Funniest Home Videos, which hired him as its original host in 1989. Saget was also the narrator for how long-running sitcom How I Met Your Mother, providing the voice of lead character Ted Mosby as an older, wiser man from 2005 to 2014. He departed from his wholesome screen characters in 2000s in The Aristocrats, showing off his dirtier sense of humor and again on HBO's Entourage about the male side of Hollywood in which he played a fictionalized version of himself who was, foul, who was a foul-mouthed misogynist. 
he was working on two film projects when he died and was scheduled to be included in a documentary about comedian Martin Mull, another performer who has explored the raunchy, wholesome dichotomy. His films, including Critical Condition 1997 and New York Minute 2004, have grossed more than 50 million at the box office. He also performed on Broadway in The Drowsy Carpenter. The Drowsy Chaperone 2007 and Hand to God 2015. He was married to food and travel writer Kelly Rizzo. He was married once before that to Sherry Kramer with whom he shared three adult daughters Aubrey 34, Lara 32, and Jennifer 29. Family members issued a statement Sunday that read in part, We are devastated to confirm that our beloved Bob passed away today. He was everything to us and we want you to know how much he loved his fans, performing live and bringing people from all walks of life together with laughter. Tributes poured in from Hollywood giants, fans, and co-stars alike in wake of Saget's death. Fellow Full House actor John Stamos, who played brother-in-law Uncle Jesse, tweeted, I am broken. I am gutted. I am in complete and utter shock. I will never, ever have another friend like him. I love you so much, Bobby. Candace Cameron, Cameron Buer, who played DJ, the oldest daughter on Full House, shared, Bob was one of the best human beings I've ever known in my life. I loved him so much. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, who shared the role of the youngest Tanner daughter, Michelle, on Full House, said in a statement, Bob was the most loving, compassionate, and generous man. We are deeply saddened that he is no longer with us, but know that he will continue to be by our side to guide us as gracefully as he always has. We are thinking of his daughters, wife, and family, and are sending our condolences. <sighs> Seriously... 2022 you you just it's just so freaking hard right now it really is it really freaking is when I got the news on Sunday I was just in complete shock I didn't want to believe it I just didn't want to believe it at all like this it's like this has just got to be one of those um one of those really fucked up papers that where they talk about celebrity deaths that people who are not even dead they did it on mary j blige on youtube and she's not dead but it's true Lori laughlin is paying tribute to her late full house co-star bob saget saget was found dead in his hotel room at the ritz carlton in orlando florida yep we already we already know that part Shortly after the tragic news was made public, Laughlin 57 spoke out and expressed her sadness. Words cannot begin to express how devastated I am. Bob was more than my friend, he was my family. Laughlin said in a statement, I will miss his kind heart and quick wit. Thank you for a lifetime of wonderful memories and laughter. I love you, Bobby. Saget and Laughlin worked together on the set of Full House, which aired from September 22, 1987 to May 23, 1995. Zagat played Tanner on the sitcom while Laughlin played his Wake Up San Francisco co-host Rebecca Donaldson, who will go on to marry his brother-in-law Jesse Capal Jesse Katopoulos, portrayed by John Stamos. Like 
with any of his castmates. Saget's time on Full House turned into a decades-long friendship with Laughlin and her family. In recent years, the comedian was there for Laughlin as she completed a two-month prison sentence for her involvement in the college admission scandal. Laughlin and her husband, Massimo Migliani, 58, were both arrested in March 2019 for their involvement in the college admission scandal organized by Rick Singer. In April 2019, during an appearance on People Now, Saget said of the actress, there's 30 years of love there, more than that. So that's all I got. I love her very much and that's it. He later elaborated on their friendship during an interview with Fox News in October of that year. I love the people I love. And people go through life and stuff happens. I love the people I love. And I have empathy for people that are in my life for 35 years. He said, I don't cut people out. Saget and Laughlin appeared in Fuller House. The mom of two originally appeared in the first hour seasons of Netflix's Full House spinoff. But her college admission scandal resulted in her not appearing in the fifth and final season. Oh, goodness. Yep, that's right. She had to go to prison for for the this for the admission scandal. Yep. I was actually wondering like how she was going to be dealing with that because I thought she'd still be in jail by now. Oh my gosh. This is so hard. Alright guys, we're gonna take ourselves a quick music break. When I come back, we're gonna discuss Betty White. So enjoy the music break. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you love something, uh, let it go. If it goes back to you, it's yours. If it doesn't, uh, it never was. Hold me down, baby. Either let me fly or give me death. Let my soul rest, take my breath. If I don't fly, I'ma die anyway. I'ma live on when I be gone any day. Either let me fly or give me death. Let my soul rest, take my breath. I don't fly, I'ma die anyway I'ma live on, but I've been gone any day Know me now, didn't wanna play with me, wonder, show me how, know me out, but it's all about the bark, let the dog uh, loose, baby, it's about to spark, light up the night, like the 4th of July, niggas know, when I let go, niggas die, if it's why, and you don't know, you slow, like Baltimore, if you ain't trying to go, you blow, I soak up, all the pain and accept it in silence, when I let go, it's violence, cause the wildest, is the dog, walking up the tree for the cat, in the fog, what y'all niggas see, is the bat, flapping away, but I'm Blind like Stevie, yes. niggas don't hear me, uh, still trying to see me. Yes. Stop being greedy, you heard what I said. Let me go, let me flow. Oh, yeah. Let me fly or give me death. Let my soul rest, take my breath. If I don't fly, I'ma die anyway. I'ma live on, but I'll be gone any day. Even let me fly or give me death. Let my soul rest, take my breath. If I don't fly, I'ma die anyway. I'ma live on, but I'll be gone any day. I sold my soul to the devil, and the price was cheap And yo, it's cold on this level, cause it's twice as deep But you don't hear me, uh-huh. ignorance is bliss, and so on Sometimes it's better to be thought dumb, shall I go on? Mm. Yo, on the rail, with the deal, it's a mystery How is it I can live and make history? If you don't see it, then it wasn't meant for you to see If you wasn't born with it, it wasn't meant for you to be But you can't blame me for not wanting to be held Locked down in a cell, with a soul can't dwell This is hell, call me the devil and give me the key For it can't be worse than the curse that was given to me it's what I live for, you take away that, and I'm gone There's a difference between doing wrong and being wrong and that ain't right, let's keep it fair, baby uh, Put me in the air, 
Jiva, let me fly or give me death. Let my soul rest, take my breath. If I don't fly, I'ma die anyway. I'ma live on without be gone any day. Jiva, let me fly or give me death. Let my soul rest, take my breath. If I don't fly, I'ma die anyway. I'ma live on without be gone any day. I'ma fuck regardless because I'm an artist until I'm trapped. I'ma continue to hit the hardest whether I scrap or rap. Give me doubt, but you ain't my friend. I see it in your eyes. You contemplate my end. Yes. You waiting for that bend in the road when you were told that you would go when you were old. If you died young, it was cold. So, not for nearly what it was worth. Think back, 26 years be like, what if this birth was a miscarriage and I never existed? Uh -huh. Have I given something that if taken away you'd have missed it? Didn't know that I persisted. It was the call of the wild. I merely say what's in my heart and you call it a style. Don't put it in a cage. Don't mistreat it. You say you hunger for knowledge. Here it is. Eat it. Another song. It's another thought captured yes. Let me do my thing, I got it locked with this rap shit Either let me fly or give me death Let my soul rest, take my breath If I don't fly, I'ma die anyway I'ma live on but I'll be gone any day Either let me fly or give me death Let my soul rest, take my breath If I don't fly, I'ma die anyway I'ma live on but I'll be gone any day Or give me death uh, uh, Take my breath I'ma die anyway, but I'll be gone any day. Oh, give me death. Uh, 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 take my breath. I'ma die anyway, but I'll be gone any day. and Hennessy. I hope you guys enjoyed our music break. Well, we also now found out, like, what was the cause of death. Ritz Carlton determined the actor last used his key to enter his room at 2.17 a.m. on Sunday, several hours after he finished his stand-up show in Jacksonville, Florida. Security officer Jody Lee Harrison entered room 962 on Sunday afternoon after the hotel was contacted by concerned family. He found Saget unresponsive and not breathing, wrote officer Adrian Gonzalez. Mr. Harrison received no response after knocking several times and attempted to gain entry, his report states. Mr. Harrison entered the room and noted all the lights were off. He proceeded to the bedroom and located Mr. Saget in his bed. He stated, Mr. Saget was cold to the touch, yellow and clammy. He checked for breathing and a pulse, but none were detected. It was at this time he had dispatched to call 911. The report states that Mr. Saget was declared deceased at 4.18 p.m., 11 minutes after the 911 call. The officer says he saw nothing untoward. I checked the immediate era for signs of foul play. It should not be, it should, sorry, it should be noted none were found. The room itself was orderly with items owned by Mr. Saget on the nightstand, television stand, closet, and bedroom. <sighs> Mr. Saget was found dead in a supine position on his bed. His left arm was across his chest while his right arm was resting on the bed. No signs of trauma were seen. The report said a homicide team was notified as a matter of routine while officers broke the tragic news to Saget's next of kin. Corporal Brian Meadows, H11, 
H011 responded to the scene with the forensics unit. While on scene, hotel management spoke with Mr. Saget's wife, Kelly Rizzo, over the phone to inform her of his passing, the document states. This decision was made after consulting with their legal team. The scene was over was turned over to homicide while maintained while maintained scene security for the duration. The sheriff's office stressed in an accompanying release that Saga's death was not being treated as a homicide. All deaths, whether they are natural, suicide, overdose, or homicide, are always looked looked by the same homicide unit, the statement said. That is our process here at the sheriff's office. There is nothing to be drawn from that. The police report states that the medications were present at the scene, but the items involved are not listed. An entry for Saget's medical history reads unknown. He was due to check out the day he was found. Joshua Stephanie, MD, Chief Medical Examiner for Orange and Escalio Counties, warned it would take up to three months to determine the cause of death. An autopsy was performed this morning on Robert Lane Saget, Stephanie said in a statement. Mr. Saget is a 65-year-old man who was found unresponsive in his hotel. At this time, there is no evidence of drug use or foul play. The cause and manner of death are pending further studies and investigation, which may take up to 10 to 12 weeks to complete. When the autopsy report was finalized, a follow-up press statement will be released. Our condolences go out to Mr. Saget's loved ones during this difficult time. (sighs) So there's no signs of foul play. That's good. He was not murdered. He just, it was simply just a dying in his sleep case. (sighs) This is how my grandfather went and he died with a smile. I hope and pray for his family to get through this and just blessings all around. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. You were a great comedian and a great TV dad. We will be greatly missed. And now on to our golden girl. I truly thought that Betty would live forever. Seriously. I was, I I saw her living into her hundreds. But I guess God decided it was time for her to come home with him. Betty White suffered a stroke six days before she died at the age of 99. The legendary actress cause of death was listed as a cerebrovascular accident in a death certificate obtained by... The site that shall not be named Monday. Severe vascular accident is the medical term for a stroke, which is caused by a loss of blood flow to part of the brain resulting in tissue damage. It's unclear whether Betty experienced any emotional and behavioral changes between the time of her stroke and death on December 31st. The Golden Girl stars agent previously said she died of natural causes. Betty died peacefully in her sleep at her home. The agent Jeff Wichas who was also White's close friend, said in a statement to People last week. Witches also denied that that White's death had anything to do with the comedic icon receiving her COVID-19 booster shot just days before. People are saying her death was related to getting a booster shot three days earlier, but that is not true. She died of natural causes, he told the magazine, adding her death should not be politicalized. That is not the life she lived. As Page Six previously reported, White's last word before she died was that her late husband, Alan London's first name. 
LAPD officers responded to a 9.30 a.m. call at her home in Brentwood, California on New Year's Eve, less than three weeks before what would have been her 100th birthday. Witches later later confirmed her death, telling people, even though Betty was about to turn 100, I thought she would live forever. See, guys? I will miss her terribly, and so will the animal world that she loves so much. I don't think Betty ever feared passing because she always wanted to be with her most beloved husband, Alan Ludden. She believed she would be with him again. Oh, oh, Betty. Sweet Betty. Sweet, sweet fucking Betty. I'm... She was a great actress. She was so she was so amazing. She was giving. I loved her. For real. And she was the last golden girl to pass on. And now she's back with her friends in the sky and she's back with her beloved Alan. <sighs> Goodness gracious. This also this is some this is what she said. Also, this was way before she passed. I'm so lucky to be in such good health and I feel so good at this age, said veteran actress. It's amazing. According to White, being born a cockeyed optimist was the key to her upbeat nature. I got it from my mom and that never changed, she said. I always find the positive. Of course, the iconic actress also cracked a joke about the secret to her long life, telling people, I try to avoid anything green. I think it's working. We are deeply saddened by the news of Betty White's passing, said People and Editor-in-Chief Dan Wakeford. We are honored that she recently chose to work with people to celebrate her extraordinary life and career. White was a warm and popular presence on the small screen with a career that dated back to the early days of the medium and that spanned decades. Long before her hilarious turns on the Mary Tyler Moore show in the 70s, the Golden Girls in the 80s, in 1952, she appeared in the I Love Lucy-like life with Elizabeth, a show she also produced. In 2010, at age 87, she enjoyed an awards-laden resurgence when after starting on a Snickers commercial during the Super Bowl, polls and petitions overwhelmingly named her the public's choice to host Saturday Night Live, MC various award shows, and even be a sergeant's date at the Marine Corps Ball. After that, she went on to star in steel scenes on the TV land sitcom Hot in Cleveland, even scoring an Emmy nomination. Her 17th, including seven wins, in May 2012, she also debuted on the NBC comedy reality show Betty White's Off Their Rockers, a kind of geriatric punk. As always, she proved a favorite, but her passion was always animal welfare. The dues for her fan club, Bet's Pets, went to animal rescue charities and she received many accolades for her work for animals. I'm the luckiest person in the world. My life is divided in absolute half. Half animals, half show business. White once told TV Guide, I have to stay in show business to pay for my animal work. She was born in Oak Park, Illinois. Betty Marion White, an only child, moved with her parents, traveling salesman and electrical engineer Horace White and homemaker Tess Kurtz White to Los Angeles during the Great Depression, camping once a year in the Sierra Nevadas with her folks, fueled that love of animals. 
we wound up with 26 dogs once, White told people in 1999. As a child, she dreamed about becoming a forest ranger or a writer, only to fall in love with performing when she took the lead in the high school senior play that she wrote. She skipped college and began performing on the radio. But before launching an acting career, she married twice. First to Dick Barker, a, a World War II pilot, she wed in 1945. The marriage lasted only a few months once he took her home to an Ohio chicken farm. Then in 1947, to Agent Lane Allen, who wanted her to give up show business. When that marriage ended in 1949, she and an L.A. DJ named Al Jarvis got their feet wet together on local TV, which eventually paved the way for her first sitcom, The Nationally Syndicated Life with Elizabeth. Despite its low budget and minimal sets, indeed, the show was a series of domestic skits featuring White's Daffy Elizabeth and her exacerbated husband, Alvin, played by Del Moore. The show earned White her first Emmy. Other series came and went in the 50s. By 1961, White appeared as a celebrity player on the daytime game show Password, hosted by Alan Ludden, a widower with three children. He proposed marriage to actress in 1963, and she accepted that Easter. He sent her this adorable, fluffy, white stuffed bunny, she later told People, and in its ears were golden leaves with a ruby diamond and sapphire earrings. Even after White referred to Ludden as the love of her life, the secret to our marriage was enthusiasm, White said. When I knew Alan was coming home, I would freshen my makeup up and put on a new blouse. Ludden, 63, died of stomach cancer in 1981. They had been married 18 years, during which White triumphed from 1973-1977 on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, thanks to some image-busting image casting. She played TV stations WJM's Happy Homemaker Sue Ann Nivens, a relentlessly man-hungry careerist. Though she bravely carried on after Ludden's death, White admitted if one more person said, oh yeah, you're so strong, I would have decked them. White's career in entertainment began in the 1940s after she graduated from high school. She began working in radio and later got her own show called The Betty White Show. In 1949, she became a host with Al Jarvis on the daily variety show Hollywood on television in Los Angeles. After Jarvis left the show in 1952, White began hosting by herself, working five and a half hours of live ad-lib television six days a week for four years. She was nominated for her first Emmy Award in 1951 as Best Actress on Television. It was the first award and category in the new award show designated specifically for women in television. While she was hosting the variety show, White began acting in the television comedy Life with Elizabeth. It became nationally syndicated, making White one of the few women in TV with full creative control in front of and behind the camera. She earned her second and third Emmy nominations while appearing on the Mary Tyler Moore show in the 1970s and became the first woman to win a Daytime Emmy Award in the category of Outstanding Game Show Host for the NBC show Just Men in 1983. In the years immediately afterward, 
White's work pace only accelerated, culminating the, with the Golden Girls, on which she played the lovable Rose Newland during the show's run from 1985 to 1982. 1992, sorry guys. From St. Olaf, Minnesota, was the widow of Charlie Nyland. Originally, White was offered the role of sexy Southern Belle Blanche, which ultimately went to Rue McCollin, Bea Arthur, and Estelle Getty also starred. Right before the show went on the air, White confided to the New York Times, a couple of speeches rose. Rose makes get me by the throat. All I have to do is substitute Alan for Charlie Rose's husband. Life imitating art was seldom more endearing. Hot in Cleveland in 21st century stardom, after the Golden Girls ended in 1992, White starred in a series of TV shows including The Golden Palace, a spinoff of The Golden Girls, minus Arthur, Bob, and maybe this time, and made cameos in programs including Ally McBeal and That 70s Show, in which she played Bea Sturgeson, Kitty's mother. Shortly after that appearance, she starred in a series of TV movies in the early 2000s before starring as Katherine Piper in Boston Legal from 2005 to 2008 and later as Anne Douglas in The Bold and the Beautiful from 2006 to 2009. White kept working in television, starring in TV films and shows. In 2010, she took on the role of Elka Orchstrophy in Hot in Cleveland which became the line, the linchpin of a career resurgence that had started with her role in The Proposal alongside Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds' My Movie. Hot in Cleveland starred Valerie Bertinelli, Jane Leaves, and Wendy Malick as three 40-something best friends from Los Angeles who land in Cleveland after attempting to fly to Paris. White played the caretaker of the home the three friends live in. The arrival of the lady sparked the character's life again and thrust her back into the world of dating at 80 years old. White was nominated for three times nominated three times for the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a female actor in a comedy series in 2011, 2012, and 2013. She won the first two times. Throughout her long career, she was nominated for 21 Primetime Emmys with five total wins. Speaking to people in January 2021, White said having a sense of humor is the key to a long and happy life. Just looking at the positive side and not dwelling on the downside, it takes up too much energy being negative. And that had been her model for years. In 1999, she told people she looked to make the most of every day. You better realize how good life is while it's happening, she said. Because before you know it, it will all be gone. Betty, thank you so much for your magic. And you will never be forgotten. We love you. Rest in peace. Remember guys, life is too short to dwell on the negative. Embrace life with enthusiasm. Always. That's what she did. Seriously, she she was amazing. And she will she will be so missed. 
Uh, seriously, 2022 has not been kind to to us. Well, we've lived to see another year, but some still won't. And it sucks. And we have another person who died too. And he is... He is responsible for making another man famous who also passed away in the 90s. (sighs) The creator of Juicy Fruit. And for those of you who are fans of Notorious B.I.G., you know that he sampled this tune for this for his for his song. Juicy Fruit singer James M. Tomb Foreman has passed away. Yeah, this don't get any. Yeah, this don't get any easier, man. It don't. James M. Tomb Foreman, the singer behind 1983's hit record Juicy Fruit, has passed away at the age of 76. Though Juicy Fruit is his most widely known record, thanks to. Thanks in part to Biggie Smalls, who sampled it for his 1994 hit Juicy, Foreman has written some of R&B's biggest hits. Foreman co-wrote Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway's The Closer I Get to You and Stephanie Mills' Billboard Hot 100 hit Never Knew Love Like This, which took home a Grammy for Best R&B Song and Best Female Vocal R&B Performance. In the 1980s, Foreman launched his own band after his Swahili name, M-Toon. After adding singer and songwriter Reggie Lucas and vocalist Tawatha Agee, they unveiled their number one record, an album named After the Leaving Single. The album also included other popular M-Toon jams such as You, Me, and He, Would You Like to Fool Around, and Breathless. M. Tomb has contributed music to several films and television shows in recent years, including 8 Mile and Notorious. As of now, no details have been released regarding Foreman's cause of death. And just like that, yeah, just like that, we lost three amazing people, and it just does not get any easier. Rest in peace to all three. And we love you. Okay, guys, we're going to take ourselves another quick music break when I come back. Get your Hennessy ready because we are about to spill this entire fucking mug. Yo, X, man. Nico, what up? It's a long way. Facts. Big Queen shit. Queens get the money. Oh, you know. Southside, we outside. Let's go. Please understand me. I did it for my family. Never was happy with what the nigga tried to hand me. They crush hope. I resort to plan B. Successes in my plan C till I'm clutching the Grammy. Please understand me. I did it for my family. Never was happy with what the nigga tried to hand me. They crush hope. I resort to plan B. Successes in my plan C till I'm clutching the Grammy. First of all, get a glory to God. Blessing me with this talent. This is not a facade. Made it out. 
tired of them days getting jumped in the schoolyard. Hoping the pretty bitches will let me take off their bra. I'm here standing tall, your boy fresh as can be. Dreads hanging low while I'm riding round in the V. Skinny little nigga, they forced me to make a choice. Shoot up the hood and make a weapon out of my voice. Made it through the pain with every step that I took. Respect level growing with every verse that I cook. They wish it was an accident. Nah, I'm highly favored. Shape up or get a cut to your dome. No taper. They try to blackball me like corner pocket. Oof. Imagine all these OG niggas I never used. I did it for respect with the perks to run up a check. Thank you all, big or small. You pushed me to be the best. Yes. Please understand me. I did it for my family. Never was happy with what the nigga tried to hand me They crush hope, I resort to plan B Successes in my plan C till I'm clutching the Grammy Please understand me, I did it for my family Never was happy with what the nigga tried to hand me They crush hope, I resort to plan B Successes in my plan C till I'm clutching the Grammy I like to thank all these gimmick niggas that can't rap My pen is sort of omen to these young thundercats Wordplay top 10 and I don't talk about it Nigga battle me, his body has some chalk around me. This award, I knew that I would always take it. If you might need work, then I can calibrate it. A few grand, I come and tune your album up. I'm more Goku, you niggas power puff. Truthfully, I might come smack somebody. Drinking Henny out the Grammy at the after party. A baddie to the left, baddie to the right. For a ghetto black boy, I'm doing alright. Niggas gon' hate, but mama, we made it. Tell the whole fam, baby, we gon' celebrate it. Tell Unk the industry is on lookout. And then one of these niggas invited to the cookout. Please understand me, I did it for my family. Never was happy with what the nigga tried to hand me. They crush hope, I resort to plan B. Successes in my plan C till I'm clutching the Grammy. Please understand me, I did it for my family. Never was happy with what the nigga tried to hand me. They crush hope, I resort to plan B. Successes in my plan C till I'm clutching the Grammy. Catch me with my hand out, rather go the man route. Stand up on my own too, never let them hold you. Just do what you supposed to. Gotta handle BI, cause niggas gon' hate, but they get sent to the triage. This one is for my family, I ain't planning a plan. Be successes on my radar, I'ma blow up like napalm We gon' make it like Styles and Kiss If they don't get it, we gon' press them like that iron shit They gotta acknowledge the way I kick it like iron fist Mad cause I stay in the lab like I'm a scientist Spitting out fire, I gotta give them that lot of shit I'm in to the death, so ain't no way I'm retiring We done turned nothing to something, now we some businessmen Never gave up hope, these folks lost like Gilligan Focus like a scope, I gotta go in this militant My flow is like the ocean, I guarantee you can't swim in it Welcome back to the Teen Hennessy. I hope you guys enjoyed that music break. We are now getting into the Hennessy of the conversation. Mm. Now, what kind of host would I be and what kind of show would this be if I did not start off with R. Kelly news? There is... <laughs> well, he's in jail. We know this. And... Possibly looking at life in prison, but when once you get to life in prison, those lawsuits do not stop. Portia Williams has already come out against him, but now there's another lawsuit against him. The man suing R. Kelly for allegedly sleeping with his wife and breaking up his marriage is accusing the disgraced singer of trying to avoid being deposed in jail despite being ordered by the court. 
According to court documents obtained by Radar, the former Mississippi Sheriff Kenny Bryant, who has been fighting Kelly for over three years, is pleading for the court's help. As we reported earlier this month, Kelly was ordered to sit for a depot while locked up in New York jail. The order read, Brian be allowed to take the deposition of defendant Robert Sylvester Kelly. He has been rotting away behind bars for months. He isn't going anywhere after being found guilty of sex trafficking and other charges in September. He is facing life in prison. Brian felt it was the perfect time to dispose Kelly and ask him questions about his own lawsuit. In court, Brian claims he was married to a woman named Asia Childress. In 2018, Bryant sued Kelly, claiming the singer broke up his marriage and exposed his former wife to an STD, which we already know is H to the E to the R to the P to the E to the herpes. Mississippi is one of the few states that allows a person to sue another person for playing a role in their marriage falling apart. Brian and Childress got married in 2012 in his suit. He says he was aware of his former wife had a former relationship with Kelly prior to getting hitched. Brian says he she told him it was over. However, he claims Kelly came back into her life after performing a show nearby. The two allegedly started up in an ex extramarital affair that lasted for years. In court docs, he claimed Kelly, oh, Kelly gave his wife chlamydia and convinced her to convince Bryant to move them to Georgia. Bryant says he later learned the move was for her to be closer to Kelly's home. Kelly denies the accusation and has moved to dismiss the lawsuit. As usual, the singer's request to have been shut down and Bryant is finally making progress in the case. In his motion, Bryant says his progress has been halted because Kelly is now requesting another hearing on the matter. He claims it is clear the singer is trying to delay the case even further. A hearing on defendant's motion is unnecessary and only serves to further delay the proceedings in his in this matter and waste the judicial resources of this court, the motion read. Brian is demanding the depot go forward as planned and the court deny Kelly's request immediately. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. See, this is what this he has this man, he has no moral clock, he has no code whatsoever. Okay? The man will fuck any will fuck anything and anyone okay i'm even convinced this man would fuck a dog and the dog would sue for real seriously he's nasty he's freaking nasty Mhm. Mm and we got more news from billboard will r kelly spend the rest of his life in jail following his indictment on racketeering and sex trafficking charges in new york attorneys tell billboard that r kelly may never be free again as he should as he fucking should mm-hmm like i said i don't i don't feel bad i don't feel bad for him i don't people and there are plenty of people who are still praising kelly now that he, even now he's behind bars it's like what do you what are you guys expecting he's not coming out of jail he is facing life in prison what's he gonna do hold the bet awards in prison and even though if that happens and what never 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 ever 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 land will that would that happen it's just it's on 
it's how do I how do I say this? It's unlikely that he will ever see the outside of a jail again. And I can't stand how people are still playing up his music and saying that he's coming home. There's evidence proving what he has done. He has his accusers have come forward and there's more coming out. Just take the information for what it is and just leave it leave it alone. Like you he's he does not give a shit and this man has fucking issues. We've seen how sick he is. And there's a pattern. We've all seen it. And for the people who were involved in his camp, y'all are just as guilty as well because you covered it up. You covered it up. You did not do anything about this. And it just... You're just as guilty. You're guilty and you're going to go down with him. His his conspirators went down with him. Like, for real. All right. Here we go. If I can just get this together. The reason why I'm going over this again, like him spending the rest of his life in prison, because we are now in 2022 and we are, we are now in January. So we have January, February, March, April, May. We have five months to go until his hearing. After more than 25 years of accusations and a federal court trial in New York that lasted seven weeks, R&B singer R. Kelly has been found guilty of charges including sexual exploitation of child child bribery, racketeering, and sex trafficking involving five victims. Kelly faces a possible sentence of 10 years to life in prison. Kelly sat absolutely still as he... As the four person gave the jury's verdict to Judge Ann Donnelly. And thank you to again to Judge Ann Donnelly for standing up for the victims and not taking no shit. 14 alleged underlying acts were associated with the racketeering charge. The jury found that the government had proved 12 of those acts, which involved five victims the singer Aaliyah, as well as women named Stephanie, Geronda Pace, Jane, and Faith. Two acts associated with an alleged victim named Sonia were not proved. Most alleged victims went by their first names or pseudonyms. The government needed proof of only two of the racketeering acts for a guilty charge. Federal prosecutors in the Eastern District of New York successfully proved to a jury of seven men and five women that Kelly had been the head of a criminal enterprise whose purpose was to lure girls, boys, and women to the R&B singer for his sexual gratification. On top of a waiting sentence in this New York case, Kelly will face a second federal trial on charges of child pornography and obstruction of justice in Illinois. Some of those accusations are related to a 2008 child pornography trial in Chicago in which he was acquitted of all charges. Additionally, Kelly faces outstanding criminal charges in both Cook County, Illinois, where he was indicted by the state attorney in February 2019 for aggravated criminal sexual abuse involving four victims, three of them minors, and in Minnesota, where Kelly was charged in August 2019 with engaging in prostitution with a minor. Sentencing in New York is scheduled for May 4th. I truly believe, yeah, he's going down. And with with Chicago and Minnesota, yeah, he's he is absolutely fucked. And like I said in my 2021 video, no, not my 2021 video, my 2021 episode that they're the girl from the tape, she's gonna testify. 
so ultimately he is fucked he is absolutely fucked mm-hmm you can he kissed mcdonald's goodbye and there's also another associate R. Kelly associate sentenced to 96 months in prison for intimidating victim. Michael Williams, previously charged with arson for setting fire to a car to prevent Jane Doe witness victim from cooperating with authorities. Yep. So listen, if you if you're still an associate of R. Kelly's, like this could be you if you have not been tried. An associate of R. Kelly was sentenced to 96 months in prison on charges related to intimidation of a Jane Doe victim witness to dissuade her from cooperating with the government's investigation into the singer. Michael Williams, a relative and unnamed Kelly publicist, was previously charged in August 2020 for using and attempting to use intimidation and threats against an alleged victim in the Kelly case as well as maliciously damaging and destroying a vehicle by means of fire and an explosive. The United States Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York announced Williams sentencing Wednesday. The arson occurred on June 11, 2020, when Williams set fire to an SUV leased by Jane Doe's father outside of a Florida residence where the victim witness was staying. The vehicle was heavily damaged in the incident. Investigators later found that Williams had previously made internet searches about the detonation properties of fertilizer and diesel fuel, witness intimidation, and witness tampering in countries that do not have extradition agreements with the United States. In a violent act designed to instill fear and stop a witness from testifying at trial, Williams set fire to the victim's vehicle in the middle of the night while it was parked outside of a residence occupied by four adults and two children. United States Attorney Brian Peace said in a statement, Intimidating witnesses and threatening the safety of crime victims undermine the very fabric of our judicial system and will never be tolerated. This office will bring all of its resources to bear against those who commit dangerous acts of violence to silence victims and interfere with the administration of justice. The Jane Doe victim witness said in a statement released through Assistant U.S. Attorney Maria Cruz Melendez, it is very unfortunate to see a man lose his freedom. However, the crime that was committed was not only vicious, but disturbing. My mental state deteriorated tremendously due to the fear, invasion of privacy, and trauma, among many other things. Because of your actions, I live in fear and have had to relocate my entire life. In that home were not only adults, but animals and children under the age of 10. My family is traumatized and has been in distress due to this unlawful act. Although this life-changing event gives you time to reflect on your actions. In addition to Williams, two more Kelly associates, Richard Arlen Jr. and Kelly's former advisor, Donald Russell, were charged in August 2020 on charges related to the singer's racketeering trial. Kelly was found guilty on all counts of racketeering, sexual exploitation of child, and kidnapping. He's set for sentencing in May 2022, where he faces 10 years in prison. Kelly's Chicago trial on federal child pornography charges is scheduled to begin, which that was last year. Oh, wait. Oh, no, no, no. I was wrong. I'm sorry, guys. Wait. Kelly's Chicago trial on federal child pornography charges is scheduled to begin in August 2022. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. (sighs) This shit is game. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's getting real. And here we go with the here we go with the supporters again. We got boozy badass saying R. Kelly's victims exaggerated their abuse allegations. Says Kelly just likes young bitches. Boozy, if you don't sit down and shut the fuck up, you ain't no better. Boozy Badass believes the victims of convicted sexual abuser R. Kelly are exaggerating the stories of torment and kidnapping they suffered by this singer. This is what happens when you are such a diehard fan, you'll just believe anything this motherfucker says or does. Y'all don't want to bother to look at the facts. Uh, He has been with multiple young women within closer time periods. Look at the cases of Lizette Martinez, Lisa Van Allen, Aaliyah, okay? And those are very close in timelines from 1995 to 1998, okay? They were all underage. But y'all don't want to talk about that. You don't want to talk about it. You just want to blame the victims and it's bullshit. Boozy recently appeared on Vlad TV during which he was asked to opine about r kelly's conviction on sex trafficking and racketeering charges the louisiana rapper seemed to downplay kelly's actions and was not fully buying the stories of some of the women who were abused at the hands of the disgraced r&b singer for years this is how i feel about that everything was pushed to another level you know i just feel like r kelly like the young bitches and boozy in the interview from december 18th he continued all that shit seducing and kidnapping and all this shit is somebody in somebody else if you leave a bitch at the house and you go on tour for two weeks and she don't go nowhere that bitch ain't been kidnapped she waiting on daddy to come home you know a bitch ain't been kidnapped bitch ain't been sexualized if she been in the bed with three four women you know she hasn't been taken advantage of because she is willing she is willing she just fucked up on the age part if he did it I'm not saying he's guilty or if he did do it, it's because of his is of the age. The rest of that shit, they exaggerating, bro. I'm not going to castrate my boy, Boozy added. Back in September, a jury of seven men and five women found the troubled crooner guilty of racketeering and eight violations of sex trafficking charges, including bribery, kidnapping, forced labor, sexual exploitation of a child, sexual trafficking, across state lines and racketeering involving six victims he faces 10 years and 10 years to life in prison also faces sex related charges in illinois and minnesota also what i realized with every single victim that he has done this to each of them he upped the game he did something different the abuse was still the same but with the way he approached the victims always changed with his abuse always when it started with tiffany when it started with tiffany hawkins then Aaliyah, then lizette martinez and then lisa van allen and the girl from the tape and then geronda pace everything began to change with each of the methods like he it's like he picked the girls he picked he picked each of them because he knew that they could be played. He knew that he could keep them under his control, but he always would, like in the R. Kelly documentary, like put out a feeler. And he would always switch up. Always switch up the methods of how to control them. And with each of those methods, it got bigger and bigger and bigger to where now he was running a cult. And it was in plain sight in front of all of us. 
but we were listening to it and we didn't even think about it because it's true the man tells on himself but think about that think about what i just said with every victim that he has had he always changed up the abuse and look at where we are today look at where we are look at what we chose to ignore and i'll say this till the day i die motherfucking guilty he is guilty and boozy for you to keep taking up for this man saying you're not gonna castrate him um you are just as bad as he is you are just as bad and now we have to talk about our lovely Aaliyah. Aaliyah's posthumous album, Unstoppable, to be released this month, says Uncle Barry Hankerson. <sighs> New music from Aaliyah will finally be available to fans in the near future. The late R&B singer's uncle revealed that the posthumous album, Unstoppable, is set to be released later this month. Appearing on the YouTube talk show, The Geno Jones Show, Blackground Records co-founder Barry Hankerson offered up details about the new opus. Opus. However you say it. About five years ago, we realized we had quite a bit of music that we had never put out that was recorded by Aaliyah. He said, the vocals were there and we decided to try to remaster it and to ask other artists that were big fans of her if they would like to participate in being on various songs. Mm-hmm. One of those singers was was The Weeknd. Hankerson said the December release of the single Poison, which is a bop with The Weeknd, is just a taste of other superstar collaborations, including songs with Neo, Snoop Dogg, Future, Drake, and Chris Brown. Aaliyah, our chart-topping platinum-selling singer, singer-songwriter and promising actress, was raised in Detroit, was killed in a plane crash in August 2001, at the age of 21, Hankerson, who is who is the estranged older brother of Aaliyah's mother, Diane Houghton, said that working with Aaliyah was always a pleasure. She was such a delight to work with because she was very professional, he added. She was very bright. She had an incredible memory, so she could read lyrics and remember them after only reading them once or twice. Last summer, Hankerson partnered with Empire Records to finally release Aaliyah's back catalog to streaming platforms to commemorate the 20th anniversary of her death. The 74-year-old New York native, once married a R&B legend, Gladys Knight, also appeared on the Dr. Oz show, show to reveal that Aaliyah's mom knew about R. Kelly's sexual abuse of others. I think my sister knew a lot more than what we thought she knew. He confessed to the stunned talk show host. Long before the hashtag MeToo movement fueled the award-winning Lifetime Surviving R. Kelly docuseries, 15-year-old Aaliyah married 27-year-old Kelly in the suburbs of Chicago in August 1994. The disgraced Grammy-winning superstar was managed by and produced by Hankerson in the early 1990s. Introduced to Aaliyah by her uncle when she was 13 in Detroit, the former public announcement frontman produced her breakout debut, Opius. Ironically titled, Age Ain't Nothing But a Number in 1994, a song that I can't bring myself to listen to. On September 27, 2021, a Brooklyn federal jury found Kelly guilty on all nine counts, delivering a verdict that couldn't put him that could put him behind bars for the rest of his life. 
I'm excited for more of this post-humanist record. I'm already in love with Poison. I'm already in love with Poisonous. This was a great song. Seriously, both of them did a great job. And I'm so happy that our baby girl got justice. Seriously. And as for Aaliyah's mother, if you knew what was going on, you are guilty. I'm, you're guilty. You seriously are. And you know what? You should be happy that your daughter got justice. She's not alive to see it, but she's in the clouds looking down at it. I'm very proud that we got him. And we're going to continue to talk about this case because, like I said, I'm not going to shut about about this. We're going to continue to talk about him. And we're talking about his victims. I recently read the book Jane Doe Number 9 by Lizette Martinez. And what she revealed about her relationship with R. Kelly is just, I'm so stunned. And my heart goes out to her with what she has been through. And she's also been done wrong by a lifetime too. Which is something I want to get into a little later in another episode. So guys, we're going to take ourselves a quick music break again. When I come back, we're going to be discussing more Hennessy. So don't go anywhere. For existence, you hear it, you niggas know I'm different. Two rag niggas like a 360 is spinning. Bitches throwing shade, and I'm passing out these lemons. Feel success is near to me, and I'm holding down all my niggas there for me. And ain't no spitters that can ever put that fear in me. The boss is nice, and I'm assigning shit sincerely. Boss, see yo, life you be gone like flashing this life. You better think twice, your head is a price. So you better live life. Life could be gone like flashing this life. You better think The glass shattered, it's really fucked up, this young black life matter. Try to put the pieces together, but now they scattered. New York minute, you be staring down the barrel. Reacting to your circumstance, gotta put in that work and that was not the plan. Be your knees, fold your hands, pray to distant lands. Asking God to take away your sins and wash your hands. Give you another chance. Walk these streets full of armor, new world order. Better hold tight to your sons and your daughters. Rent is too high in this side of me, the more. The boys, they better be frisky lawyer. Pine box, four corners. No bell, got a toy lawyer. Just took him out the dry drench, no quarters. These pigs ain't got no borders. Just another black life slaughtered. No, no, no. Life could be gone like flashing this life. You better think twice, your head is a price. So you better live life. Life could be gone like flashing this life. You better think twice, I'm willing to fight. Niggas better have it. happens for a reason. Even the death, I grind for this, cause ain't nothing left. Thoughts race, feeling taken and grab to the sky. Ask 
swab off the cards I've been dealt Rely on faith as I wrench out of step In the cold world, old girl, gotta bundle up Look out for niggas that be running up If a nigga wanna press his luck, I'ma run him up Have his brain in the frame, slumped in the garbage truck Now as an adolescent, I knew I was blessed from the God To glow shine like fluorescent Making sure you niggas get the message I'm next to rain and can't no bitch nigga that can disrespect it Say I'm well connected, bars defense Niggas just can't intercept it Time ticking, hands slipping I went up on that leverage I got that juice on your favorite bitch Yo, life you be gone like flashing this life Better think twice, your head is a price So you better live life Life could be gone like flashing this life Better think twice, I'm willing to fight Niggas better act right and Hennessy. I hope you guys enjoyed that music break. We are now stepping into Kardashian territory, baby. Oof. With World, with Kylie's pregnancy. We was, I was not prepared for this. Kim Kardashian, she's having a tough freaking time. Her with her ex-husband and now her manager kim kardashian's business manager was killed in la and was found in the trunk of her car let's get into this celebrity business manager angela angie kowalski who had a who had a-listers such as the kardashians and Nicki minaj among her clients was found dead in the trunk of her car according to reports the London Angeles police said on Wednesday they arrested her boyfriend, Jason Barker, on charges of murdering her. Holy shit. Oh my, oh my gosh. Kowalski's boyfriend, 49-year-old Jason Barker, was arrested on suspicion of murder. He was booked into Van News jail and, and since the arrest, the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office has filed murder charges on Barker and said a statement by the Los Angeles Police Department. Kowalski's was de- reported missing on December 22nd. Her body was found in the trunk of her car the next day parked at the 1500 block of Patricia Avenue in Simi Valley, the statement added. The detectives probing the homicide claimed that Mr. Barker allegedly killed Kowalski inside their Sherman Oaks residence, placed her inside her vehicle and drove to Simi Valley. Oh my gosh. Yep. Looking at the homicide victim found in semi release right now from the Los Angeles apartment. Yep. Oh my. Oh, good God. The Texas believed that Barker killed the victim inside their Sherman Oaks residence, placed her inside her vehicle, and drove to semi. Okay. The Kardashians released a statement in which they said Kwasi will be greatly missed. 
Angela was truly the best. She cared about every one of us and made things happen that were impossible. She will be greatly missed and we send our sincere condolences to her family and loved ones during this most difficult time. The Kardashian-Jenner family was quoted as saying by the People magazine. Minaj also took to social media to express her condolences for her former manager's death. Hardest working, most reliable, sweetest person you could ever know. You didn't deserve this, Angela. My heart is breaking for your children. Rest in peace, Miss Minaj posted on Instagram. Oh my goodness, that is just terrible. My condolences to Angela and her children as well. That is insane. And we also now have news about Kim and Kanye. She now she, she Kim is dealing with the death of her manager and now she also is dealing with her ex-husband moving across the street from her that's right that's right she is now living across the street from kanye and that is just the weirdest shit that is the most narcissistic shit i have ever heard of in my life and this is coming after not too long ago that he said that he needed her to come back when kim is over and she filed for immediate divorce this is that's too weird like she's in a new relationship with pete davidson and now he's he's going to be right across the street from her saying hey baby could i get a cup of hennessy from you just being all nosy kanye what and also sorry guys before i was about to read he um he may have a new lady in his life Kanye West is seen again with singer Audrey Nix in Miami as ex-Kim Kim Kardashian vacations with Pete Davidson in the Bahamas. Oh, goodness gracious. And, ooh. Oh, she pretty. She pretty. And she almost looks similar to the Kardashians. Well, except for the ass. Kanye was seen spending more time with Puerto Rican singer Audrey Nix in Miami just days after they sparked romance rumors after lounging on a hotel balcony together on New Year's Day. The Grammy-winning rapper 44 and 27-year-old musician's budding relationship appeared to be blossoming as they arrived to gated property together on Monday afternoon. Oh my gosh. Ah. I wonder how Kim feels about that. Because not only is he across the street from her, he is now in another relationship. Well, I don't think she cares about the relationship. I think she's just, she don't want him in her business, which, which I understand. Because shit, Kanye just, he be over the top. What's next on the list? Baby, we, Brittany, Brittany is living her best life. And she has cut her family clean the fuck off. Okay? She is doing good. And and Jamie Lynn, she is really going through some shit after that. She has... Brittany has unfollowed Jamie Lynn on all her social media. And... Well, Jamie Lynn's book is coming out. 
and baby she is just being all kinds of stank face if you've seen the picture that i posted on my instagram like she looks like she's giving mr bean vibes and even mr bean is not even buying he's like bitch you cannot copy this face the fuck out of here beaming britney spears puts a defiant display after unfollowing her mean sister jamie lynn as she poses on electric bike with her dog porsche Another thing, we're going to get into another article here about Jamie Lynn and it's also pertaining to her children. Just know, I don't agree with what they're doing. And you should not either. Y'all can hate Jamie Lynn, but do not come at her children. Britney Spears brushed off unfollowing her sister Jamie Lynn on social media as she took to Instagram on Monday to share a series of smiling snaps. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got Britney looking good over here. She posing with her little doggy. Seriously, she look happy, y'all. Look at her. Well, y'all can look on her page, but she looks so freaking happy. The jubilant singer 40 looked thrilled as she headed out on her electric bike and posed for a photo with her dog Porsche by her side. Britney put on a leggy display in a pink hot pants, which she teamed with a cropped white shirt. Brittany captioned the post with three ribbon emojis. Mm. Earlier this week, it was revealed this singer is no longer following her younger sister, Jamie, on Instagram. Meanwhile, the 30-year-old former Nickelodeon star was still following her famous sibling as of Sunday afternoon. Brittany's bombshell court testimony on June 23rd revealed she wanted to sue her family members for living off of my conservatorship for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Britney currently follows 46 Instagram accounts, including her fiance, Sam Agarzi, and numerous pop legends, including Paul McCartney, Elton John, Janet Jackson, Beyonce, and Adele, as well as the bike snaps. The baby one more time singer shared a video post set to Calvin Harris's Rihanna collaboration. This is what you came for showing the stunning resort she was staying at as she celebrated her 40th birthday in Mexico last month. Spears shared a full round view of the pool, house, sky, and ocean as she enjoyed a dip with fiance Sam Agarzi, 27. She was seen in another portion of the clip dancing with the actor fitness professional. This was from my birthday trip last month. It was absolutely beautiful, the pop star said. It was also my first trip where I brought my dogs with, which was pretty cool. I'm excited about the new year. Are you guys? Yes, that's me in the pool spinning like a mermaid. The oops, I did it again vocalist also shared a text text post with the message, make people feel good about themselves. She wrote, always make people feel good about themselves. I mean, always. Dig real deep in that heart of yours and make sure you make them feel good as you feel as good as they made you feel. I mean, it's the least you can do. Oh, the Grammy winner also shared one of her signature dancing clips in which she was clad in a red top with matching plaid shorts and her hair down. She pointed the different angles she shot the clip from to kick off the new year. Do you notice something different? She said, I turned the camera around. So now the doors are behind me way better this way for two years. 
I've been dancing in the wrong direction. Spears made headlines this week in unfollowing her sister amid her well-publicized issues with her family swirling over her since ended conservatorship her father, Jamie Spears, formerly headed. Oh, yeah. And Jamie, Jamie Sr. is pissed. How am I supposed to pay for my lawyers? Like, bitch, get a job. Get a fucking job. For real. <laughs> Last summer, Britney was critical of Jamie Lynn performing a remix of Britney's song Till the World Ends at the 2017 Radio Disney Music Awards. I don't like that my sister showed up at the awards show and performed my songs to remixes. My so-called support system hurt me deeply, she said. In mid-Britney's battle in her court conservatorship, Jamie Lynn said in Instagram stories, post that she was concerned about Britney's happiness. Since the day I was born, I've only loved and adored my supported my sister, she said. I mean, this is my freaking big sister before any of this bullshit. Oh, goodness. Jamie Lynn is set to release a memoir titled Things I Should Have Said on January 18th. Really? Yeah. And... I'm curious what's in that book. I really am. But for real, Jamie, you have not been there for your sister. And now that it's come out that you have been living off of her conservatorship, we don't really, we don't really believe you. And now we're at the article that I'm talking about. Britney Spears' sister defends her daughters after Star received shocking messages from Troll. I don't agree with this, okay? You can hate her all you want to, but when you go after her children, they're innocent in this. You really should be ashamed of yourself. White trash, blank. I hope your blank, this, I hope your daughters get blank, both of them. That is just nasty. I've gotten beyond used to receiving the love and the hate of strangers since before I even had a choice at at the age of like eight so growing up i had to learn not to acknowledge the hate and to rise above the evil and never give negativity the attention it so desperately wants but this is one of ones i can't just brush off you may not love me and that's fine but this shouldn't be tolerated under any circumstances much less about innocent underage children Jamie Lynn posted a horrifying message, which I just read. She received from an anonymous troll along with with a message about what she couldn't just brush off the comment. I'll be back later, guys. I'm going to take ourselves a quick music break. When I come back, we're going to discuss more of this. Welcome back to the Tea and Hennessy. I hope you guys enjoyed that music break. We are back with talking about Miss Jamie Lynn Spears. Now, Miss Spears has been having some issues pertaining to the backlash that she's been getting about her big sister, Brittany. And trolls are not coming at her and her children. Now, I don't condone this one bit at all. I'm not happy with Jamie Lynn, but never, never, ever, 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 ever have I ever try to talk about her kids and these motherfuckers right here this is disgusting this is not me taking up for jamie lynn this is me taking up for her kids because these are kids why is it that whenever there's an issue with an adult you got to bring the kids in it make threats against the kids like seriously and if you're a parent you ought to be ashamed of yourself for saying this type of derogatory shit let me start from the beginning 
Jamila posted a horrifying message she received from an anonymous troll along with a message about why she couldn't just brush off the comment. She explained that she is accustomed to hateful messages, but not when it comes to her kids whom she called innocent. I've gotten beyond used to receiving the love and the hate from strangers since before ever even had a chance at the age of like eight, she wrote. Jamie Lynn continued, so growing up, I had to learn to acknowledge the hate and rise above the evil and never give the negativity the attention it so desperately wants. But this is one of those ones I can't just brush off. You may not love me and that's fine, but this shouldn't be tolerated under any circumstances, much less about innocent underage children. She included a screenshot of the message which read, I'm not going to finish that part because that's just, that's disgusting. And as I said before, we took a break here. You heard half of that message. If you want to go look at it, it is on social media right now, but I'm not going to read that. Jamie Lynn replied to the hater with, man, that's awful. The former Nickelodeon star shares daughter Maddie with ex-boyfriend Casey Aldridge. She was born in 2008. In 2018, Jamie Lynn and husband Jamie Watts welcomed another child whom they named Ivy. After sharing the DM, Jamie Lynn posted a series of posts asking her fans to respond with kindness. She noted that she is blessed beyond measure, adding that she has more important things to focus on in today's world. Still, she encouraged folks to be kind. She has been the target of nasty attacks online several times in recent months, with the hate ramping up after her older sister, Brittany, publicly called several members of the famous family out. Although Britney's main issue was with parents Jamie and Lynn Spears, she also called out her sister for her alleged wrongdoings following her lengthy conservatorship battle. Britney claims many members of her family were abusive and wants to sue them. She accused Jamie Lynn of being a mean ass and remixing one of her songs in 2017 without her permission. Britney recently unfollowed Jamie Lynn on Instagram amid their nasty feud. In the past, she shaded her by accusing her of being some being so being her so-called support system. The toxic singer has been outspoken following the conservatorship battle win, while the rest of her family remains quiet. She has been posting on social media much more and sharing dark details about her past. It hasn't all been negative. Brittany has also been sharing about life with fiance Sam Agarzi whom she has been enjoying her time with. The two plan to wed, though it's unclear when. For real, guys. You can hate Jamie Lynn all you want to, but keep her children out of this because they're not the enemies in this. Jamie's doings are. And what have these kids done? Nothing. They're innocent. And these are also Britney's nieces. And I don't think Britney will take so kind to y'all coming at her nieces. For real, save that hate for Jamie, Jamie Sr., Jamie Watson, and Lynn Spears, and Brian Spears, not the kids, because they didn't have shit to do with this at all. For real, if there's ever, when there is an argument, y'all need to keep children out of it. For real, 
The only reason why I'm saying it right now is because I do not like that. I don't condone it. When it comes down to children in argument, when it's pertaining to adult matters, is where you go too far. Just leave them out of this. For real. If you, I hope, I sincerely hope that that was not from a parent because you would not wish that, you would not want someone to wish that on your children. Okay? You would not someone you would not want someone to wish that on your children. If you wish that on these two little girls, you're sick. For real. That's just not right. At all. Mm-mm. Keep it between the adult issues, not the kids. Point blank and a motherfucking period. We're also going to dive into some love and hip hop news. Y'all know I got love for Shekinah Joe. And you also know the issues that's been going on with Tiny Harris and T.I. Shekinah is back in the news about her ex-friend, Tiny Harris. And it's different this time. She is now saying that Tiny was never her friend. Now, we have seen her. We have seen her on social media and we've seen her on Friends and Family Hustle. They also have their own reality show. But sometimes what's portrayed on TV is much different when the cameras go off and also when the cameras are on. Jekina has had enough of Tiny and she is airing out why she feels this way and what is her feelings on the matter of why she and Shekinah is why Tiny and her are not friends or she thought that that Tiny was never her friend. Now, let's just get into this. We're also going to be reading like, I think maybe we'll be reading two articles on this, but oh my goodness gracious. Because for real, when it comes down to like, as you're going into a new year, people, people grow, people change. And then there are just some people who cannot remain on the ride of your life and it's these two who were not able to remain and I want to know what's going on okay Shekinah recently got on live stream and shared stories about her former friends alleging T.I. was once carrying on with Bernice Burgos now for those of you who don't know Bernice Burgos was the woman that T.I. left tiny for during their season of family hustle he moved out and he was living with her and he was planning to divorce Tiny. But we didn't know that, we didn't know about this part coming up, but let's keep going. It's unclear why Shekinah Joe Anderson decided to rehash her beef with Tia and Tiny, but she's back to spill more alleged details about her fiance's ex, her ex-friends. This is about her ex-friends. Why did I just say ex-fiance? Damn, maybe this, maybe the sentence is getting a little bit too, too many shit. Okay. There, there were apparently already incidents behind the scenes that caused the trio's friendship to fray. But when Shekinah jumped into the conversation about T.I. and Sabrina Peterson, things took a downward spiral. After a few social media explosions last year, things have been relatively quiet as, per, as it pertains to Tiny, Tia, and Shekinah, aside from the lawsuit they've all been named in. But while on live stream, the latter once again brought up secrets about the hip-hop couple. 
During her rant, Anderson suggested that T.I. had something going on with Bernice Burgos and alleged that Tiny wanted Shekinah to fight the model. Clips of the live quickly circulated throughout social media, once again thrusting Tiny and T.I.'s names back in the headlines. After going viral, the video didn't go unnoticed by Tiny. If you don't have proof that whatever you be talking about is working for you, man, do everyone a favor and shut your ass up. She pinned on Instagram story. Unsurprisingly, Tiny did not tag or mention Sakina at all, but the public has accepted this as her response to her former friend's recent antics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man. I watched, like, Family Hustle here and there I liked watching Shekinah because I feel like Shekinah always kept it real she wasn't fake and I also liked her and Tiny's friendship but sometimes guys what glitters in gold and with these types of friendships they can either make or break you and Shekinah she has every right to speak her feelings she she really does and there's also more tea about this about what went on behind the scenes i just have to find it right now where are you where are you because baby this is some straight fuckery baby Mm-hmm. just oh my goodness gracious and also, I don't blame Shekinah for this. I don't. Because for real, when you mistreat somebody one too many times, it just get It just gets out of control. Here we go, guys. Mm-mm. Shekinah Joe spent time on social media on Sunday spilling tea. The reality television standout filmed multiple live videos regarding her former friendship with Tamika Tiny Harris. Additionally, Shekinah spoke on working for Tiny as her hairstylist. In the first series of live videos, Shekinah talks off camera, her audio goes in and out, and she apparently chokes up with while speaking. And then you sit there, and when the world take me down, you let me go out with these motherfuckers, Shekinah said. You ain't even say, hey man, it wasn't Shekinah. Shekinah had, enough, had shit to do with that. Shekinah is seemingly alluding to being targeted by online commenters after she made serious allegations against Sabrina Peterson earlier that year. Shekinah alleged that Sabrina engaged in sexual activities and helped recruit women for these activities with T.I. and his wife. For those of you who might not remember, Sabrina is the CEO of the Glam University who accused T.I. putting a gun to her head. Shortly afterwards, Shekinah walked back to her accusations and revealed she spoke out of hurt. Shekinah further explained on Sunday's Live that she took up for them folks like them folks like that because she was doing unto them how she would have been treated. How she would have wanted to be treated after her first live tiny harris responded to leaving a comment under an urban blogs post calling shekinah a dizzy bitch and more shekinah opted to respond once again and hopped on her instagram live during the first few com minutes she asked viewers to tag tiny so they could have the conversation a few minutes went by and then she kind of began to speak on their friendship and work relationship 
Ain't nobody bought me no houses. Ain't nobody bought me no motherfucking cars, Shekinah said. Ain't nobody did none of this fairy tale ass shit people believe. She continued on to say she was the lowest paid person on that show. But that she still thanks God that Tiny gave her an opportunity to do her hair. Shekinah also said that her main message is about working hard as she has done. Afterwards, she delved back into speaking on the working relationship. When I asked for a raise, I wasn't bullshitting. It was real. I wanted a motherfucking raise because I worked hard, Shekinah said. You know, putting on shoes, zipping up dresses, goddamn running bags from here to there holding seven bags walking through the motherfucking airport being a friend but at the end of the day if my friend not paying me and a viacom is paying me then i should be able to get a raise and my viacom check don't got shit to do with her she continued mm. uh-huh that's the first half of of the beef now we're just going, we're about to get into more of the 2020, the 2022 beef, like for real, for real, for real, for real, like for real, I need to stop saying for real, <laughs> I know y'all getting sick of me saying that, like for real, I think, like in my opinion, if you guys have ever been in a friendship like this, how would you want to stick it out? Would you would you stick it out or would you leave? That's what I want. Would you want to stick it out or would you want to leave? There. Oh. Oh, guys. Oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh. All right. This is. Here goes. Article from Rolling Out. Anderson, who was known as Shekinah Joe, was seemingly cleansing her soul after her tumultuous 2021, after her tumultuous 2021, that she, her longtime friendship with Tia and his wife, Tiny Harris, came to an abrupt end. Shekinah Joe is accusing T.I. of harassing her for years after she rocketed to national urban fame through the Harris reality show. At one point, Shekinah Joe's popularity was such that she and Tiny Harris got a spinoff reality series, Tiny Shekinah's Weave Trip. Among the many indignities that Shekinah Joe said she had she had to digest from T.I. is when he clowned her for obtaining a first-class seat from Los Angeles. Do y'all know this light-skinned nigga walks up on me i'm actually in the seat before him and the nigga said how did the help make it to first class what how did the help make it to first class she recalls y'all it was so many white folks on this plane with us in first class when Tip got embroiled in a cheating scandal alleged with Bernice Burgos, Shekinah Joe said that Tiny Harris threatened to buy her name if she didn't fight Bernice. Fight by her name. What would why would you why would you buy her name but let's continue yeah your wife encouraged her to buy my name years ago that was some shit they did together that bernice shit if i don't fight bernice my name gotta be bought 
What kind of bullying shit is that? Bernice never did shit to me. She's a beautiful girl. What am I fighting her for? She declared that Tiny was never her friend. Tiny Harris has never directly addressed Joe's accusations, but had this to say on her Instagram story, which I said to you before, guys, if you don't have proof that whatever you be talking about is working for is working for you, man, do everyone a favor and shut your ass up. That's what she said. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, uh. Whatever the hell is going on between the two of them, I suggest y'all just stay away from each other. Shekinah, you do you and you make sure that you're doing everything you can for your career. Don't worry about them. Because if you keep going back and forth with these people and you already know they're ruthless, you are going to get yourself caught up in some more shit. You got to do, you got to do you, boo. You got to do you. Focus on yourself and on your career. They are not worth it. And we also have some news on Mr. Trey Songs. Soon as we get started making love, going harder, hear up. Po, 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 knocking at the door. Trey Songs is being accused of rape. Uh-huh. And the news was delivered in a Twitter message on the day of New Year's Eve 2022. Y'all got a list. Here we go. Here we go. Basketball star and artist Gonzalez has levied another accusation against the singer. Wait, the, wait, there's another one? This isn't the first one? Oh my God. Trey Songs has, he's been accused of being a rapist amid sexual assault allegations. Man, this is the first time I'm actually hearing that he was, that he is being accused of sexual assault. I know about the, the spitting in the women's mouth, that bird shit, but not, not this. Oh man, get Oh, R&B star Trey Songz has come under fire for his alleged history of sexual assault after accusations of being a rapist were levied recently against the singer. The backlash began after basketball star and artist Dylan Gonzalez posted a tweet casting Songz as a sexual abuser, writing Trey Songz is a rapist. Lord forgive me. I couldn't hold that in another year. See you in 2022. While Gonzalez didn't add any context to her accusation, she is not the first to publicly put songs on blast for his alleged track record. Several other women have shared their heroin encounters with the Bottoms Up singer. In 2017, actress Kiki Palmer accused songs of using sexual intimidation to persuade her to appear in music, the music video for his single, Pick Up the Phone. Oh my lord. Oh my I Y'all, I rem, now I remember. Yes, Kiki and Kiki and Trey Songs were feuding with each other, but they did not put this out here. Unless I missed some unless I missed that con that context. Oh my oh my gosh. Uh, and alleged that she hid in a closet in an attempt to throt off his advances. After you found me in a closet hiding because I was so afraid of any more conflict. Palmer wrote in a series of since deleted tweets. Literally, my last option was to hide because you all would not listen when I said I did not want to be in the video the first time. Songs has refuted Palmer's allegations. 
in November, the journalistic site that shall not be named on this channel reported that authorities in Las Vegas opened an investigation into sexual assault allegations made against the singer stemming from an alleged incident at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas Hotel. Songs, who was in town celebrating his 37th birthday, is said to have arrived at the hotel with his entourage and a group of women following a performance at Dre's nightclub, according to sources. Earlier this year, Song settled a 10 million civil lawsuit, civil suit from a sexual assault accuser, and this but was maintained his innocence at every stop and says that the allegations against him do a disservice to actual sexual assault survivors. I usually stay quiet on this, but I feel that in many ways, the movement to fight for the women who actually have suffered such harassment and abuse on various levels has been hijacked by those who find it convenient for themselves to come up as they seek to destroy someone's life. He wrote in an August 2020 tweet addressing allegations made by Selena Powell and her friend Eliza on the No Jumper podcast. Songs is yet to be charged with sexual assault. But with the mounting number of accusations made against him, only time will tell if they will remain the case. Trey? Oh my gosh. R. Kelly may need to make some make some room in his cell because Trey may be going for a visit. For longer. This is some fucking. This is insane. What the fuck? <sighs> really? Y'all cannot. We really, we really had to come into 2021 messy. We really did. We came into 2021 miss me 2022 messy. What the hell, man? Maybe I need to change the freaking the freaking slogan of this show t- from tea and Hennessy just to tea and water because, <laughs> oh man, your girl is mm, still feeling a little tipsy. Still feeling a little tipsy. <laughs> oh goodness, maybe because it's all the fuckery I'm reading. Oh boy. All right, we are going to take ourselves another quick music break. When I come back, we got some more Hennessy to talk about and spill on the Chronicles of She. Stay tuned. Dear Hip Hop, you the best thing that's ever happened to me. Baby, you're the best thing, best thing, move. Yeah. Baby, you're the best thing, best thing, smoke. Uh-huh. Baby, you're the best thing, best thing that ever happened to me. Hip hop forever. You're my good thing, good thing now. You gon' be my good thing, good thing forever, baby. You're the best, best thing, best thing. thing that ever happened to me. Uh. To me, you are. Back to business with no limits, that's just how we roll They see my hustle, see my vision, painting pictures though Mona Lisa on his feature, eyes peeking low I see them watching from a distance, change my route for show In other words, I have no limits, sign Master P But 82 is on my sleeve, Brody, what you need? 
put my music on the scale, forced to flip myself. And everybody doing music, publishing will tell. They say I drop a lot of music, yeah, I really do. That's just my way of giving back to the culture, truth, the view. I'm so consistent, see the numbers proof. My motivation is the top, I told the bottom move. Now I'm seated in the beach chair, sky's blue. It's something different when you making all the right moves. I parted ways with success, so I can't snooze. Parted ways with success, so I can't lose. Hip hop forever. Maybe you're the best yeah. thing, best thing smoke uh-huh. Maybe you're the best thing, best thing that ever happened to me yeah. Hip-hop Maybe forever. you're my good thing, good thing now yeah. You gon' be my good thing, good thing forever Baby, you're the best, best thing, best thing. thing that ever happened to me To me Exclusive feature, watch me eat that as I touch the sky I'm breaking bread with the real ones, watch us multiply We'll celebrate while we still here, never snitch the line Cause all my homies moving music clothes, what you need? I'm talking hip-hop for sale, look, true indeed The mindset of a get divorced to lead the lead LeBron, I got a chip on my shoulder guard And if they asking where I've been, I replace the frauds Hip-hop is in my system, blood, sweat, and tears I'm all about the culture, watch the critics glare Yeah, my intentions is to ride by The graffiti got me tripping 93 vibes On my grind creating music They will stamp in time This a classic for the culture Just enjoy the ride Surprise Steady grinding till I see the sky Hip hop forever It's my time to shine you're the best thing Best thing move Maybe you're the best thing Best thing smoke Maybe you're the best thing Best thing that ever happened to me Maybe you're my good thing Good thing now Gonna be my good thing, good thing forever, baby. You're the best thing, best thing that ever happened to me. To me, you are. Welcome back to the Teen Hennessy. I hope you guys enjoyed that music break. Now, when I told you that we all came into 2022 messy, we also came into 2022 dead, hearts broken. And we've now lost the life of a beautiful mother, too. A rapper by the name of Jay Fresh killed his wife in front of their three children and then killed himself in front of them, too. (sighs) Rapper Jay Stash allegedly killed his girlfriend while three kids were in the home and then died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound in a New York in a New Year's Day incident in Temple City, California. It appears Justin Joseph, AKA Jay Stash, I keep calling this man Jay Fresh, I'm sorry guys, shot and killed his girlfriend before turning the gun on himself. Homicide Lieutenant Derek Alfred of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department tells Billboard. The children were in the home, but it does appear it happened in, it does not appear it happened in front of them. Oh, okay. They appeared, they heard gunshots then called 911. According to an LSAD press release, deputies responded to a possible domestic violence call around 7.15 a.m. on January 1st and found a 27-year-old woman and a 28-year-old man unresponsive. They were pronounced dead at the scene. The female victim sustained multiple gunshot wounds, according to the release, while the male victim sustained an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. The three children, ages 5 to 11, are believed to be the female victim's children. They were removed from the home by deputies and were unharmed in the incident. A handgun was found at the scene. No further information was available at press time. 
Right now, the evidence at the scene and the preliminary information we have from the children in the home is that it's a murder-suicide, Lieutenant Derek Alvarez told KTLA. They ran out to deputies and they were whisked to safety. Alfred added in an interview with the Southern California News Group. They were not injured physically, at least. Stash was born in Florida, released his debut mixtape Hoodridge in 2016, followed by 2017's Relax With Me in 2019's Six Before Seven EP. Oh my goodness. I feel so bad for this woman. Really. It's just, it's horrible. Also, we lost the life of young Dolph and now his killer is suspected. His suspected killer, they want, we want him to turn himself in. Young Dolph's suspected killer to turn himself in. The man on the run for allegedly shooting killing rap star young Dolph is going to turn himself in who turned he actually turned himself in on monday january 12 2022 fellow rapper justin johnson who goes by the stage name straight drop alerted his instagram followers that he plans to give himself up to authorities in memphis tennessee he had been the subject of a manhunt conducted by local state and federal police since he was identified as the shooter last week Straight Drop maintains his innocence and ensured his fans that he will be back on the streets in no time. In another IG story, Straight Drop also called the local news coverage from ABC24 as BS ass blog. The warrant for Straight Drop's arrest was posted on January 6, 2022, as authorities are convinced he was the one of the two shooters who gunned down Young Dolph at Makita's Homemade Butter Cookies in Memphis on November 17, 2021. According to the arrest warrant, the U.S. Marshals, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, Crime Stoppers, and the Memphis Police Department are offering up $15,000 for any information that would lead to Straight Drop's arrest. The rapper has also recently been added to the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation's most wanted list. He has been officially charged with murder and other felonies. Was it worth it, asshole? Was it worth it to take another person's life and to say you'll be back on the streets in no time? You ain't shit. For real, you are not shit. I swear to God, people have no souls today. They don't. Also, the young, the young life of George Floyd's niece was almost taken, but thankfully she is going to survive her gunshot wound. I'm very happy about that. I'm glad and I'm happy that she had a guardian angel looking out for her, which was her uncle. And we also, Black Lives Matter also scored another victory in Ahmaud Arbery's case. The people responsible for the murder of Ahmaud Arbery have been sentenced to life in prison. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They have been sentenced to life in prison. So we, that is a win for us. That is a, that is the ultimate win. And I'm very, I'm very excited to be sharing that with you guys right now. Here we go. Last Friday, the three men who chased and killed 25-year-old black man Ahmad Arbery 
in what can accurately be described as a modern day lynching were sentenced to life in prison. The sentencing came nearly two years after father and son Gregory and Travis McMichael armed themselves and stalked Arbery through a neighborhood in southern Georgia along with a neighbor William Roddy Bryan. In February 2020, the three men, all of whom are white, pursued Arbery in, a two, ve in two vehicles believing him to be a criminal. After cornering Arbery with their trucks, the younger McMichael killed him in a confrontation. Arbery, who was unarmed and had simply been out for a jog. The McMichaels were rightfully found guilty on multiple murder charges and are now sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. The third man, Brian, received a life sentence with the possibility of parole after a minimum of 30 years served. <laughs> and yet, as with so many of these infuriating murders of black people for the crime of merely being black, urgent questions remain. Chief among them, has justice truly been done? The concept of justice is too often reduced to merely meting out punishment for breaking a law, but a more expansive view of justice, one that includes restoration and repair means a prison sentence, even a lifelong one, falls short of the true meaning. At its most complete level, justice would mean that Ahmaud Arbery was still alive, still breathing, still running. Justice would mean that a black person could walk in any neighborhood and not be considered a threat by their mere presence. Justice would be dismantling the racist narratives that led three white men to track and kill a black person. When full justice proves elusive, however, accountability must be pursued. Barring the death penalty, the life sentences handed down in the Arbery case are the maximum allowed, the legal system's highest form of accountability. The penalties represent the judgment of the court that these three men committed a crime and should face the consequences of their actions. It's chilling to realize these men were nearly never arrested. It took 74 days for charges to even be filed. Only a shaky cell phone video recorded by Brian became the difference between the killers living the rest of their lives in freedom or in prison. It was the footage leaked after weeks of inaction by local authorities that brought a national outcry and eventually charges. In the present, racial climate, it is fair to ask the question, do Black Lives Matter without video evidence? Perhaps one result of the rise of the cell phone videos in the Black Lives Matter movement, especially following the historical racial justice uprising in 2020, are guilty verdicts and sentencing in cases like the Arbery killing. In June 2021, Derek Chauvin, a former police officer who killed George Floyd, was sentenced to 20... 22.5 years in prison. The video of Chauvin with his knees planted on the neck of Floyd over nine minutes was, as with Arbery's killing, a key impetus for the racial justice movement of 2020. The conviction brought a modicum of relief to those concerned about racial justice, but the fight is clearly still ongoing. In the killing of Breonna Taylor, the 26-year-old black emergency room technician who was fatally shot during a nighttime raid by police, none of the officers involved had been indicted on her death. Only one officer faces a trial for wanton endangerment for allegedly firing blindly into her home and subsequently in an adjacent apartment. 
simple accountability, let alone true justice, is by no means guaranteed in a criminal legal system that protects police and vigilantes even when people die at their hands. No one should have to work so hard flooding the streets in protest, nor to be anxious about whether racists will be held accountable for their actions in a court of law. An effective legal system would ensure the guilty the consequences for their crimes on a more consistent basis. Although the struggle against racism continues to be a pitched one, sentences like the ones handed to the McMichaels and Ryan offer a sign that change is possible. The convictions indicate persistent pressure can make a difference. While the effectiveness of a lifelong prison sentence in bringing about repentance and repair remains dubious, the temptation to leap to policies, debates, should not preclude pausing to consider the impacts of this decision on those most affected by Arbery's murder, his family. In her victim impact statement, Arbery's mother, Wanda Cooper Jones, expressed her sentiments about the verdict. The verdict doesn't bring you back, but it does help bring closure to this very difficult chapter of my life, said Cooper Jones, speaking directly to her late son. She went on to say they were fully committed to their crimes. Let them be fully committed for their consequences. In this case, those concerned about racial justice can join in the relief of Ahmad Arbery's family, friends, and community in knowing his killers will not go unpunished for having stolen a life. The Michaels and Brian will think about the day they killed this young man every day they are behind bars. It is a small consolation, but by far better than the alternative. Even as the work of honoring the human dignity of all people remains unfinished, we can still acknowledge accountability is a form of justice we seek. We have a win for Ahmad, but we need we need a win for we need a win for Brianna and also my my friend Lynette, her son's killer of her son Jesse. They are still roaming free and he deserves justice. Let's see if 2022 will bring that to us. Oh, and the last um, Hennessy to spill is <laughs> Miley Cyrus tried to push up on Kim Kardashian's man and she wasn't feeling it, so she unfollowed her, rightfully so, because that was seriously wrong. Girl, respect that woman's relationship, okay? You were playing around. I get that. But don't do that. For real. That's just wrong. Be respectful of her relationship. And like I said, I want to see what 2022 brings for justice for the rest that we have lost. The rest of the men and women that we have lost in our community. Give that to us 2022. All right, guys. We are reaching the end of the show. I want to thank you guys for coming in, sipping and spilling with me and slaying and I look forward to more of this. And I also have a very special guest coming very soon to this platform. I won't give any hints, but she's got one hell of a story to tell. You'll see her soon, right here in the Queendom on the Chronicles of She. Happy New Year. See y'all soon. Peace.